Hello and welcome to the True Growth Podcast. Oh my goodness, it's another guest episode. I'm so excited about my guest today. I have got the most wonderful, joyful person joining us on the show today. A lovely lady who I met, funnily enough, because I was actually guesting on her podcast called Following the Joy. But today, Bryony's going to be talking about her work as a graphic designer. And also, she's a colour consultant. So if you are looking to embrace more colour in your life, looking for some inspiration, you know, maybe it's all got a little bit like, meh, around the house, because let's face it, we have all been looking at the same four walls for quite a while now. By the time this episode airs, it's going to be mid-August, um, because I'm recording this a little ahead of myself, because... <laughs> I am trying to take a holidays. Oh, yes, I am. And um, so what I want to do is get ahead of myself. So I'm bringing, recording this episode here in July, just at the end of restrictions. So restaurants and bars and things should be opening. So hopefully by the time this is airing in August, we will all be enjoying what everyone's calling the new normal. But let's just say perhaps we're just enjoying a lot more freedom and being able to um, mix socially again with friends and family and perhaps we're able to get into enjoy things like art galleries and uh, you know some of the beautiful stately homes that we have um, and maybe just I don't know getting out side from those that sort of narrow um, place that we've been living when we were living in restricted conditions during the lockdown uh, when uh, travel was restricted perhaps you've been out exploring and finding new adventures anyway Brian is going to be joining us very soon so I am really interested in hearing a little bit more about her too because I know that Brian just slipped into conversation that her work gets approved and goes to Buckingham Palace so I'd like to know a little bit more about her relationship with the Queen and also um if you want to know what Bryony has in common with Fern Cotton then you better stay listening I'm going to be quizzing Bryony about how she knows so much about Fern. Just before I uh, welcome Bryony in, also I wanted a little bit of an update here. As you know, all the way through the month of August, we are talking about acceptance. Accepting ourselves, accepting our physical... <laughs> states that we've been in and some of our physiology really about our bodies and how they respond to tension, to stress and equally how quickly they will respond when we start to treat them with some love and care. A while back um, I launched my first ebook, The Foundations for Self-Care. And in that, it's so much of it is about looking after our bodies. So I think you'll be really interested in uh, some of Bryony's story today about how when she was not master of her physiology and not master of her mindset, that it was impacting and she had some 
uh, physical responses showing up in her body. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, welcome Bryony and she's joining me on Zoom and we'll be with you very soon. Welcome to the True Growth Podcast with me, Viv Allen, success coach and trusted counsellor. Each week, I'm sharing with you the best of the tools, tips and techniques I have learned in over 10 years of professional and personal development, designed to empower you to take courageous action in your business and in your life, so you can free up more time and earn more money. It is my mission to lead you towards your inevitable success on your terms, so you can live a more joy-filled life by connecting what's in your head with what's in your heart. If you're ready to live your life with more ease and fun, doing what you love with who you love, then this show is for you. Welcome, Bryony. I am so excited for you to be joining us today on the True Growth Podcast. I wanted to say welcome from all of us over here and also to say Oh, it's just such a pleasure to have met you. Um, it's really strange that we met, you know, through a tenuous sort of connection. And then I had the absolute pleasure of being a guest on your brand new podcast, uh, Following mm-hmm. the Joy. And, and this is actually because I'm, um, we're already recording this ahead of schedule because I'm hoping to take a break in August. So I don't know if you've launched yet, but I don't know. We'll uh, no. Uh, so uh, hello, Viv. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's really exciting to be here. Yeah, I know. We met randomly through a Zoom group chat thing a few weeks ago, and I instantly thought that woman is fascinating and full of joy and life and really exciting. So yeah, it's been really nice getting to know you. Yes, I've started my own podcast, which is very exciting. So it's like a lockdown project called Follow the Joy, all about exploring how people get more joy into their lives. I'm really excited about it. Probably launching in a couple of weeks. I've got some editing going on at the moment in the background and, and sorting out some more interviews, but really nice to have an exciting thing to do during lockdown when our choices are a bit limited. So I've enjoyed that. Yeah, that's just so fantastic. And of course, today I invited you to come on to the True Growth podcast because equally, mutual appreciation here, I just thought, oh my God, <laughs> Riley's so full of energy and life. And it's and I just love that. It's just, and you're an action taker. I think that's what's really exciting. Um, I love working with people who are just going to go that extra mile. They're going to just, you know, step up when the going gets rough and just, yeah, I'm going to, I mean, I'm all in. Let's go for it. Let's just really get the most out of this life. Yeah, thank you. Yes, I try. Yeah, I am a doer. I really don't like waiting. And I found that quite hard in lockdown, like having to be patient, like, you know, your whole life's on pause. You've got to wait to see your friends, wait to see your family, wait to get back and do the things you want to do. And I find that really frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've been trying to like practice more um, surrender is the word I'm kind of using a lot at the moment in my mind, like just surrender to the situation, try not to fight it, just go along with it. But yes, Try and try and do some cool stuff in the meantime. What can I do to kind of get things moving that I find exciting? So yeah, hence the podcast. <laughs> and it's so funny because in the month of August, the whole month of August, we um, I tend to focus all of my um, social media posts, all of the all the value that I bring to to um, audiences on the different platforms, all around one theme per month. And for August, it's about acceptance. So you yeah. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> You use this word surrender. Uh, yes, because the, you know there's so many things going on. Obviously, coronavirus is is, is you know, a huge worry for all of us, and we're all having to stay in and just make our lives a lot smaller. You know, life used to be for me 
I'm living on my own at the moment. I, I got divorced a couple of years ago. I've never lived by myself before. I usually fill my time like madly dashing out, meeting friends, going sea swimming, like doing things, getting out and about, and keeping busy. And not being able to do that has been quite hard. But I know it's really good for me to actually just learn to calm down and accept the situation, to enjoy being in my home, to embrace my own space and just kind of calm down and relax a bit. I'm sure there's lots of uh, mm -hmm. emotional processing going on. <laughs> it's meant to be good for us, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> being still with ourselves is absolutely a skill that needs to be learned, I believe. I think um, it's often you'll see children will sit and play and they play imagination games and they're fully absorbed in that game. But somehow we tend to lose that as we go into adulthood. And we, like you say, do exactly that. We get very busy. I mean, and I think a lot of young people today as well tend to find themselves getting very busied um, by the parents, you know, like doing clubs and activities and, you know, all this sort of stuff because we've got so much opportunity. But I think there's yes. something beautiful in what you said there about accepting the situation and just going, do you know what, I'm going to learn to love my home and to be in my own space. Yeah, totally. Because I can't rely on external sources now to bring me happiness. Mm. It's, it's, about, it's about allowing, it's about turning inwards, or it has been for me, I'm sure for lots of people as well. We can't rush around going to restaurants and theatre and whatever we used to do, meeting our friends in the pub, to find external sources of, of excitement and happiness. It sort of has to come from within more, which is a challenge. But I know it's good for me to just sit still and calm down and allow some of this to come out from myself yeah stop looking for external sources and return to myself it's, it's kind of a bit of a theme for me <laughs> I'm just giggling because um I, <laughs> I, I I'm echoing I'm going yes yes uh, me too I, I need to sit still more and um you know I, I've been at this game a long time and I'm, I'm still practicing to be better at being in the moment and acceptance and I tantalised the listeners in the little intro before uh, because <laughs> that's why I'm jumping. We've got off. What have you done? We've gone off on some complete other tangent already. And um, they're probably thinking, what earth has this got to do with uh, right. embracing colour in your life? And, <laughs> yes. That's actually what I do for a yeah. job. Yes. Yeah. So, the, so tell us, Bryony, tell me a little bit more about, let me introduce, let you, let me, let you introduce yourself. So I'm a, I'm a graphic designer. That's my job. I've been a freelance designer for over 20 years. And I started off designing books. I did a degree in typography, which is about lettering. So my career started with designing books and information for people, but I've ended up working in art galleries, which is something I absolutely love. It's combining two passions of art and design and colour, three passions, all into one. And I absolutely love it. So what I do, there's a really beautiful Victorian art museum in Bournemouth called the Russell Coates Museum. It's a beautiful old Victorian house. and It has an art gallery. And whenever they have an exhibition, I go down with the curator and spend a, a few hours looking at all the paintings within the space. And basically, I choose the colour, the wall colours for the gallery. And it's the sort of thing that people don't particularly, may not notice, you know, you wouldn't walk in and say, well, what a lovely blue wall. Though I would do that. Uh, but I, it's about setting the scene for the artwork. And I just realised that by just changing the colour of a room has such effect on not just the objects inside the room, but how people feel when they walk into a room as well. And I'm really interested in how colour can bring us more joy into our lives. So during lockdown, I've started, you know, I've lived in this house for a couple of years and it's been cream since I bought it, but I've started putting like big, bold colours on the walls. And I am loving it. I, I, you know, I'm sitting in the lounge in the evening watching TV, but my eyes just wandering over my lovely empty blue wall 
and I'm just loving staring at colour. I'm finding it really satisfying and enjoyable. So I do believe that colour has a sort of power to transform our spaces and make us feel happier. Yeah, that well, absolutely. That is so true. <laughs> it's funny because in lockdown, I um, so I've been in my flat about three years, and it was all grey. Everything was grey. Lovely okay, for trendy. a while. Yeah. Um, she can like you say trendy, and then in lockdown, I've got that's it. It's gone. <laughs> I can see your room is green that you're in at the moment. Is that one of your favourite colours? Uh, I love a green, yellow and blue, which are the sort of my branding colours. But actually, I love them so much. In my wardrobe's pretty much those colours. My house is that, but my, my garden's pretty much those colours. <laughs> so I am fascinated about the colours that you choose and why we love them so much. And I think the colours I've loved has changed over the mm, years. Interesting. Uh, you know, at one point in my life, I really loved lilac. Now I can't stand lilac. And I really love this really deep greeny blue called Prussian. So the, my, my sort of favourite colour does shift mm-hmm. as things are happening in my life. And I can't quite work out why, but I find that really interesting as well. So, you know, when I was, I was painting these rooms downstairs, painting some bedrooms, and, and while I was doing it, I was thinking, gosh, I've, I worked out I'd lived in 19 houses in my mm-hmm. life because I love moving. And I used to rent loads when I was younger. And obviously I've painted rooms in every house. I've probably painted like 30 or 40 rooms in my life. And every single room has been a different colour wow. that I've painted. I don't have a repeat colour that I go to. So, yeah, it's just interesting about how colour affects us. Obviously, when I'm working in an art gallery, we're mainly inspired by the paintings going on the walls. So we'll look at some beautiful, lovely, famous Victorian oil painting and try and choose a colour which lifts out certain colours within the painting. That's kind of the whole point of it. Mm-hmm. But if you've got 10 or 15 paintings on one wall, another 15 paintings on another wall, all painted at maybe different eras in the history of art with slightly different effects and different colours. And then the challenge that I find really exciting is to try and find one colour or two colours that will sort of lift all of those co- all of those paintings and make them look good. It's like a kind of a complementary background thing. And in my work as a designer, a lot of what I do, it's sort of invisible. People don't really notice unless you do it badly. Mm-hmm. And then they'll say, oh, my God, that, did you see that gallery? It's a disgusting colour. Or, oh God, look at that book cover. It's horrible. But if you do it well, people don't really notice. So I'm kind of, my job's fairly invisible, I think. I don't often talk about it much either. So it's quite nice to have a chance to talk about it today. Thank you. <laughs> and I, I love that um, invisible touch of your work. And you're so right um, that quite often when I'm working with clients, I ask them, um, you know, like, what, what, what do they want? And they will very often tell me what they don't want. <laughs> right. Very yeah. seldom will they pop straight out with, well, actually, I want this, and I want this, and I want this. Most people will know what they don't want. So, like you say, they can, we can easily, we're sort of almost predetermined to, to spot um, what we are, actually, from, you know, a, a evolutionary sort of way in terms of spotting danger. So, we spot what's off. Right. But when things are in harmony, <sighs> then yes. it's just all great and it's blissful. <laughs> That is really cool. So we're more open. So because, you know, as a designer, when I first get briefed on a project with a client, we'll have a meeting, we'll talk about it. And it could be, you know, for example, it might be um, there's an interior designer in Scotland at the moment. and I'm coming up with some logo and, and branding for her. Equally, I've designed books for um, collections of beautiful paintings from uh, Windsor Castle. And you have all these conversations with all these different people about the particular creative project that you're doing and you have a lovely big tour right at the beginning to try and find out what their thoughts are find mm-hmm. out what they want and yes they always can tell you what they don't want and it is quite hard for them to be specific about what they want and I guess that's my job is to try and guide them to a really good solution to this sort of creative problem but I always ask them you know are there any colors you really hate any typefaces you can't mm-hmm. stand 
And that's a really good place to start from. So I know to avoid yeah. that to begin with. And then that's like a, a step in one direction. It's yeah. really helpful. And that, yeah, and that's so interesting because, you know, though you do something which is totally different, it would seem on the face of the, of the value of the, you know, face value of the difference in the work. But actually we're both trying to help people get to that place where they want to feel because it's about a feeling that the colours yeah. create. You know, when you create yeah. that space, the way you described it, it's I've actually been to the Russell Coates. So yeah, I know I know the space you're talking about. Yeah. But it's the feeling you get when you walk in, when you're immersed yeah. in something. Yeah, it, it definitely. And it, it's quite nerve-wracking doing it. Because when I'm when I'm choosing the colours, you know, I've got these little swatches of flower and ball swatches, and they're probably <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say D, DL size. I don't even know what that means. They're probably like you know, 10 centimetres high and 20 centimetres long. So these little quite small swatches in these massive rooms. I'm trying to think, how's this particular shade of red going to look over that entire wall next to that other wall, which might be all dark blue? And it's really hard and a bit stressful. I do this nice little plan on a bit of paper and just think, oh, God, I hope this works. And I just remember walking into the private view um, just before lockdown. They'd launched this big new exhibition. It's like this massive event for them. And it's a pre-Raphaelite painting, famous pre-Raphaelite paintings of their own. And they've shipped in, they've borrowed stuff from the Royal Academy. It's some of my favourite paintings from when I was younger. It's an absolutely brilliant exhibition. And I was so nervous, thinking, oh, God, when I walk in that room, I really hope I like it. Now, I've chosen four paint colours. I think they look good together. I hope they do. I designed all this final lettering to go on the walls, you know, big signs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I chose all these beautiful typefaces that are a bit Victorian. Yeah, and it was so nerve-wracking walking in. Room full of, you know, 200 people already in there having a drink and celebrating. Yeah, and it was so exciting walking in because it looked absolutely brilliant. If I say so myself, I felt so happy. He chose lots of really dark, rich, sort of vibrant, sumptuous colours and they worked beautifully. And I was so pleased and it felt really exciting. And lots of people were saying, oh, my God, this looks so good. It's really exciting. Mm. And it is obviously the paintings are the main event, but the sort of background in which you present them really helps the feel of the place. So, yeah, I was a deeply relieved, but also really happy how that turned out. <laughs> <laughs> That's such, so lovely and such a great insight into um you know our work and how when you're work, doing work that we love it makes um such a big connection and such a big you know we have such a big connection to what we do you know like it really matters and I, I can sense that from you now that you know like you say being nervous like oh yeah. because you have to you don't know what the end's going to look like you have to start the journey yes. and then you have to accept your decision I know and just be brave and just say that's what we're going to do and I've got other friends. I, I do sort of colour consultancy work with with friends as well. You know, I've got a friend um, in South London and she's got this enormous house that she bought, this beautiful big house, but she gets really worried about choosing colours. And in some ways, it doesn't really matter what colour you choose for your home. Look, any colour will have some sort of effect and some people will like it, some people won't like it. But I think people get quite anxious and worried about choosing the wrong colour. Lots of people mm-hmm. say, oh, I tried painting my lounge you know, this shade of grey, and I'm not sure if I like it. And we sort of worry a lot about colour, which I think is really interesting. So my job with my friend Georgia is just to sort of reassure her, give her a bit of confidence. It's like a group decision seems to make it slightly easier. And obviously there is science and theory behind colour choices. But in your own home, really, if you like it, go for it. There's not really a wrong answer there. But to do with colour choice, making visual decisions, I think people sometimes like a bit of support from a designer that can sort of help reassuring. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just—I just see these parallels all along. You know, it's <laughs> you know, because in the in your own home, like in your mind, which yeah. is the place where we live. You know, we live in our bodies. We live. You know, we have to live in harmony with our mind, the chattering mind. Yeah. You know, the decisions that you make are okay because you, they're the best decisions for you, and and no one else. Like you say, you can 
you can get seek advice. And of course, I always recommend people get professional advice if they're making a big decision. But equally, at the end of the day, it's your decision because you've got to live with it, whatever choice you make. And being comfortable, coming to a place of acceptance with the, your decision and trusting yourself that you've done the right thing for you, that is something I, I'm always working with my clients on, on helping them to come to that realisation and understanding of the actual power that they have rather than seeing it as something, like you say, to worry about. And, hey, not every decision you make works out. I bet you've painted some walls and those yeah. things not, you know, yeah. gone. Oh, I'm not sure. I know. When I was choosing colours in lockdown, I decided finally in lockdown I would get on a paint my own flat. And I've been here for two years and I obviously I love colour. It's been cream all that time. And I've been worrying, I've been worrying about what colour should I paint it? Oh, and I'm worrying I was going to get it wrong. And then in lockdown, I was like, this is ridiculous. For goodness sake, just get on with it. If you don't like it, change it. But I hate being stuck. I really hate being stuck and not being able to move forward, not being able to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And I was realising that this panic about whether to go light or dark or whatever was just stopping me from moving forward at all. And I actually thought any step is better than no steps. So I'm just going to go for it. If I don't like it, I'll paint over it in a year. Just get on with it. And I really yeah. love it. I've loved the colours I've chosen. It's really ha- made me happy. And I-, and I feel like I've become unstuck. I'm not stuck anymore. So it's like a psychological moving forwards. If that's if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a good, good exercise to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell the listeners um, what one is, what are the, you created two framed quotes. Yes, I did. Um, yeah. I was having a really bad lockdown day. You know, some days in lockdown are fine. Other days you're just in a bit of a slump and you can't really work out why. There's something that was upsetting me. And I was just really like, ooh, and I sort of moped around all day. And then I kind of got my head together a bit and thought, this is ridiculous. I can't stay in this ridiculous state. I bought some picture frames and they were empty. And in part of my, you know, reconnection with my home, I wanted to get some stuff on my walls. So I decided I was going to frame, we're going to put two quotes in a frame. Now, as I'm a typographer, which means I basically, I've studied lettering and the alphabet. So I know all about letter forms. That was my degree. Very specific and niche, but a really nice typeface does make me very happy. <laughs> it's a bit sad, isn't it? So I chose two quotes. And one of them, what just says, a beach ain't one. Based on that song, I got 99 problems because I live right by the beach in Bournemouth here. And, and at the time, before Bournemouth Beach went mental on that day a week ago, before that, I just kind of thought, whatever happens, you know, however stressful life gets and whatever I'm worrying about, and it's probably nothing that important, I've still got this beautiful beach. It's always going to be there. It always has been there. It's absolutely lovely. So that was a reminder to me that no matter how dark and gloomy I'm feeling, there's a beautiful beach, like a four-minute walk away. So that's to remind me to just get out of the house when I'm feeling miserable. Yes. And the other one is a quote that I found on a really random website ages ago. And it just says, you have reached the point of return. And I, it really resonated with me when I read that. So it's not the point of no return, it's the point of return. And I really like that. And for me, that represented coming back to myself. All these external things are upsetting me that day. Forget about all of that come back to myself, return to myself and just get on with my own life and stop worrying about anything else. And that, wow. I'm, that's really helpful for me. And I did it in a lovely typeface. I quite like it. <laughs> wow. Such wonderful words of wisdom. Honestly, Ryan, I think both of those things, I mean, it's such different um, sort of approaches, but basically still reminding you yeah. that connecting with you and when you're home inside yourself, everything's okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Because most things that I worry about are not that important. 
And I think that's one thing that coronavirus has taught me. You know, it was awful when it, it is a, a terrible thing to have happened. And when it first kind of hit England, we were all terrified, obviously. But one thing it did do was make me realise that all the other little things I've been worrying about are actually not that important. Here was a massive, global, awful, terrible situation happening. So my minor worries about, I don't know, what school my kids are going to go to or, I don't know, whatever, what trains I'm going to buy, whatever my problems were, probably bigger than that, weren't actually that important. So it actually made me feel kind of better about my life in a strange sort of way because yeah. it put some perspective on it I suppose yeah. well and 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 also um I think you know when I'm working with clients and they're stuck and I love the way you've described so clearly about how you got yourself unstuck you were like I need to change something and so it wasn't like bath baby it's chucking the baby out with the bath water it was like I'm going to change the things that are in my control okay mm. I can't go out I can't socialize with my friends I can't do these things but I'm going to take control of the things I can and you know, part that was your environment. Yeah. Because you said, okay, I'm going to start painting my house and the fact I'm going to start creating my own art to put on the walls. I'm missing the art galleries, but I'm going to create my own. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> and then you were going to go, you also reminded yourself of the things to be grateful for. Like you've got a beach across the street. It's yeah. like, you know, that is a beautiful um, privilege. We're so lucky to live um, on the South Coast here in the UK. And I know that certainly helped me get through this whole uh, coronavirus, you know, yeah. and I feel very much for, for people who have not been able to get as much fresh air as we certainly have no, it's made it's made a really big difference um another little side project i i started a couple of years ago i've got this blog called minimalist family camping which is just a kind of hobby i had as i was getting divorced and i needed something to do in the evenings when the kids weren't with me and it was just quite a weird lonely time i just thought i need to write but i didn't really want to write about my feelings so i wrote about camping um mm-hmm. i spent a long time doing it but but what, what that made me realize that whole project was just how important nature is for all mm-hmm. of us. The, the project was about getting kids outside easily without loads of stuff, basically. Mm-hmm. It just made me sort of really recognise how important it is for me to get my kids and myself also off our technology, mm-hmm. away from our phones and our screens and the telly. Mm-hmm. I go outside and look at some trees and look at the clouds and, and walk in a park and just get some fresh air. Definitely. And lockdowns really highlighted that. You know, in the early days when we were only allowed out for one hour a day, was really tough and I was thinking about all the Italians who weren't allowed to leave the houses at all for 42 mm-hmm. days other than to go to the shop and I can't imagine that would have done for their mental health it must be so stressful mm-hmm. yeah it's been a really difficult time I'm sure for everybody but I totally agree that having the beach nearby we are absolutely blessed and I've been really grateful for that yeah. definitely and I'd I'm starting to chuckle again because I've also I know what I said in the intro and you didn't because I said I <laughs> that sorry <laughs> no, I, wish, I wish i'd heard it yeah <laughs> um i also tantalize listeners by asking or inviting them to, to, to listen in and they're thinking like i've been listening in when we're going to get to this bit um okay to talk about you and fern cotton have got in common ah yes <laughs> this is something i've learned in the last few weeks who knew she doesn't know we've got them in common but i've just found out so um, one of the things I do is book design and I've designed about you know, thousands of books over the years. And it, during lockdown, I've just started working on Fern Cotton's next book. I'm just like, doing the layouts for the pages um, for a big publishing company called Orion. And I've read the introduction and um, it, yeah, it was fascinating actually. It really, I, it was really interesting for me to read this. I, I kind of love reading books before they've been published. I feel like I've got mm-hmm. this special bit of information that's yeah, like yeah. no one else has seen it. It's like a real honor. Uh, and I'm sure she wouldn't mind me telling you that she had a problem with her voice box, which is the same problem as me. So her voice, obviously, she uses her voice a lot, you know, on the radio. She's a speaker and a presenter, so she's always talking. And she strained her voice, her vocal cords, 
I think she had a nodule on there, which was making her very, very croaky. She's exactly the problem I had, and I still have to some extent. So we have this shared problem that our voice boxes were damaged. I didn't even know that was possible to damage a voice box. And her theory, which is also my theory, is that it's caused by tension in your throat by not expressing mm. yourself. Mm. The new, her, her new book is called Speak Your Truth. And I think that is so, so true. So when this problem for me came on, I'd been divorced. I'd been separated from my husband. I'd been separated for about a year. I was trying not to tell anyone too much about it. I was a bit stressed with various friends and family for the way they were sort of handling the situation. I was trying to keep the peace and not say anything to anybody and not walk the boat. But yeah, mm. my voice basically just completely fell apart and I, and I had to be doing a 48 hour silence. And even now my voice gets quite croaky when it's under pressure. So I think the strain of sort of holding in big feelings and things you want to express is a really big deal. And, and it's damaged Fern Cotton's throat. And I think it's damaged mine, which is really interesting. So the whole point of the book which I need to uh, read, which I will be reading actually during lockdown, is about expressing yourself and speaking the truth and being truthful to yourself, not just going along with stuff because everybody else is, but staying true to yourself and being able to express it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, so true. Difficult though. Not always comfortable, not always enjoyable. You might upset somebody. So yeah, it's not something you wanted to, wanted to rush into, but... What, what I had to do after I saw this, I had a camera up my nose just like she did and you could see you see a camera like looking at your own vocal cords. Anyway, the doctor advised me to do a 48 hour silence, like not, don't say a single word for 48 hours and then only speak for 10 minutes every hour for the next week. And I had a week where the kids weren't with me, so I'm going to do this. So I just thought, right, I'm going to just stop talking, not say a single sound for 48 hours. Mm -hmm. 45 minutes in, I was completely freaking out thinking, oh my God, how am I going to get through this? But like you can still text your friends on the phone and use WhatsApp. So I didn't speak at all for 48 hours. And it was like a kind of enforced retreat, which actually after a while felt mm -hmm. really good. I actually got quite into it and it was nice. I'm usually a real chatterbox, but it was lovely to just shut up. It's almost like switching off your personality and just allowing the rest mm -hmm. of you to kind of be. So I did this 48 hour silence. And then by the end of it, I became aware that there were certain things I really, really wanted to express that I hadn't really done. And it was actually before the silence ended. And what I decided to do was make a video on Facebook and I was going to hold up signs. Mm -hmm. So I wrote 10 pieces of paper, just like a little point on each one. Here's 10 things I want to say. And I just filmed myself holding up one page at a time. Mm -hmm. And it felt really, and it was expressing things are oh, a bit uncomfortable. It was to do with um, getting divorced, losing friends, being dropped by some people, but being grateful for the friends that I still had. And, you know, all these things that had been worrying me. Yeah, and I held up all these signs and um, the video got like a massive response. I was absolutely amazed. So many people got in touch with me saying, oh my God, are you okay? But also, you know, I've been through divorce too. I know exactly how you feel. And I felt so much better from just allowing that stuff out. It really helps. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. It's so, you're, well, everything you're saying, obviously I agree with completely. <laughs> it's my experience. Um, it's my experience personally, but also professionally. Right. So um, I have alopecia areata. I've had it for quite a long time and um, I have very little hair now. And I have absolutely, a lot of my personal development journey started because I was looking for a cure. Right, okay. And I absolutely understood that I was living under so much stress, most of which I was putting on myself. <laughs> yeah. And um, I remember when someone said to me, when was the last time you sat still? I was like, well, what, well, what would I do? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well... Sit still. I'm like, yeah, but what would I be doing? I'm <laughs> nothing. 
something. I, honestly, it was like we were talking. She was t- something was so far out of my field of vision. I did not have. A, I couldn't even grasp or conceptualize what sitting still would be like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's sort of terrifying. So, I think when you're rushing around so much, the thought of doing nothing and being alone with your thoughts, like we are in lockdown, is quite terrifying. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But with practice. And with gentle acceptance of the fact that our brains are a little bit like rabbits, sometimes run all over the place. Yeah. We don't have to actually herd it. I mean, I, I do something, um, sometimes I, I do some talks about meditation and, and people sort of, what we want to do is sort of mindless, not be mindful. Yeah. We want to get rid of the mindful yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and have less in our minds. Yeah. But whenever a state, when you know, it's completely silent in there, there's always a, a noise but it's about how present it is and whether that noise and chatter is keeping you locked in your house and feeling miserable or whether you're able to separate yourself from that chatter enough to say i'm going to go for a walk yeah there's that i need to change my state there's a a, something i read the other day just saying you are not your thoughts and i find that really reassuring because our brains do charge around all over the place and it's often not helpful it's kind of weird, isn't it? Like suddenly realizing, I didn't know this as when I was younger, I just thought your thoughts would guide you and you just have to trust what your thoughts were telling you, but actually you don't. <laughs> as, an, as a sort of older person, I sort of realized that your brain just chatters away all over the place and you don't have to, you don't have to, it's like another part of you, part of your body waffling on and the rest of you wants to do something else. So it's learning to sort of zone yeah. out and just calm down and not necessarily respond to that part of your brain. Strange. Mm. The, the one I love is the um, your thoughts are not a call to action. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I thought I had to do everything by brain. You could stop eating all those biscuits. Really? <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> oh. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So fascinating. It's a, cha- it's a oh challenge. It feels like a daily challenge, doesn't it? Like keeping your brain calm enough to to be true to yourself. Not rush. Not Me rush too. around making yourself dizzy. You know, just. Being slow and steady is can be difficult. Yeah, and and also what you were saying there about you know having given yourself that gift of forty eight hours to be with yourself and, and be able to reflect inward, and then finding out your truth. Because again, the other thing is your truth isn't always necessarily the first thing that pops out of your head. Mm. So I, I quite often when I work with couples, and and again quite a lot with business owners, I find that they'll tell me that the problem is a member of staff or the problem is, you know, um, he just won't put the bin out, sort of yeah. thing. And it, it's never, that's not, that's never the problem. No, it's it's, much, it's get, much deeper than that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we've got to get several layers deep. And until we get that far down, we don't actually know what our truth is. Yeah. So the truth might be that the bins haven't been put it's out. It's annoying. Yeah. You think that's our truth. That's not what it's about. It's what does that mean? What does that symbolise yeah. to you? Yeah. How, how am I interpreting the fact that this person hasn't put the bin out? Am I taking it as a personal insult that they don't love me or I'm scared of yeah. something else? I know. I did have psychotherapy last year for about six months. So mm-hmm. I've sort of practiced that art of my friend described psychotherapy as peeling back the layers. And it's really not, yes. an, it's not a comfortable process. I wouldn't say it was enjoyable. But I did. I looked forward to it every week, but it's not a comfortable journey to go on. But I felt it was a necessary journey to go on, and I'm glad I've done it. You know, I, I'm more self-aware. I'm calmer. I'm more aware of the monkey brain and how disruptive it is. So I'm glad I did that. But it wasn't enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. But Shrek says, you know, people are like like they are like onions. Yeah. Well, if Shrek says it's got to be true, right? <laughs> 
Oh, it's been such a pleasure to chat with you, Bryony. I'm, I'm, there's absolutely no point in preparing questions for you because it's just been so <laughs> it's inspirational. It's a bit random, isn't it? Sorry. <laughs> and um, explaining, you know, your journey, how the challenges that you've had in lockdown and how you've overcome them and some of the blessings that you've been able to find out of the space as well. I just think it's been really wonderful. And thank you so much for sharing all of those your story with us but also your wisdom oh, really oh thank you very much yeah. it's nice to be called wise <laughs> no i've really enjoyed talking to you thank you i should be i'm looking forward to listening to your podcast it's always really lovely you're not going to get off that lightly of course because um i have got a few more questions for you i've Go introduced for this uh, second season a um a little rapid fire questions at the end so okay. i have a few more questions for you mm-hmm. um but i also wanted to give you an opportunity to ask to, to let the listeners know where can they find out about you if they're in need of it, a graphic designer or someone to help them paint their their walls for their okay. art what, how thank you? you okay so my business is called gold dust design so the website is just golddustdesign.co.uk so that's how you would find my business i've got instagram which is just called Bryony kate hartley which was sort of showcase me in museums choosing colours. And I'm also a visiting tutor at the Arts University in Bournemouth teaching book design. Um, and I guess I put stuff like that on the Instagram feed as well. So I'd say Instagram and then the Gold Just Design website. Thank you. Fantastic. That's great. And um, Okay, so here you go. Are you ready? There's just three questions. Bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's on your bedside table? Oh, or oh night stand? Almost, what's almost, um, alarm clock? Uh, I've got a Kindle. I'm currently reading The Book of Joy by the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu, which is a brilliant book. I've probably mm-hmm. got a crystal, some nail varnish, um, glass of water, and a nice little um, Victorian tile sample that I use as a coaster and a lamp. There we go. Oh, amazing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's, you'd be great at that quiz. <laughs> I'm dangerous showing my age, age here, but I'm going to talk about the generation game. Now, have you got a cuddly toy? <laughs> Anyway, we've moved swiftly on to the next question. Okay, so um, you're feeling challenged. You can really feel that fear bubbling up in the pit of your stomach. What do you do? I say it depends on how long I am. If it's just the beginning, I'd phone a friend. If mm-hmm. I get to the stage where you feel so overwhelmed and so upset, you're on the verge of crying, you don't want to ring someone up and go, I'm really, really sad. I, I don't seem to like content if you want to get to that stage. So um, mm-hmm. if, if I can motivate myself, throw myself in the sea, go for a swim in the sea, actually. Either run on the beach, because you know where I live, I really near the sea. Go for a run is probably number one. If the weather's not too bad and it's not too too rough, I would swim in the sea because both those activities, I think, because they're physical, you get sort of sensory input from your surroundings and, and your body's moving and it sort of calms my brain down. And being in the sea is very kind of meditational because you can't think about anything else other than how am I going to breathe when that wave's crashing over my head? So <laughs> am I going sideways or forwards? You know, what's the wind doing here? What's the tide doing? It completely consumes every part of you, so you can't really worry about anything else. So that's the two things I would do. That's brilliant. I love that. You know, that those those using your physical powers to shift your mind state, that internal state, that's, you know, really powerful tip there. And also, I love the way that it, you've described being in the present. I really only can think about breathing. <laughs> yeah. Breathing is really hard to think about anything else. Yeah, but that helps, and it's such a simple thing, and you're always doing it, so it's always there. Yeah. And the final question is: What is the uh, last box set or movie that you binge watch? Okay, there's two things that I've watched recently. Two very different things. One, an amazing film called The Lighthouse, which is this um, mm-hmm. 
very intense, slightly dark, gothic, uh, beautifully filmed film with Willem Dafoe and Robert Patterson about two men living in a lighthouse. Very intense, but mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful and really cool. The other thing, total opposite end of the spectrum, there's a BBC drama called Shrill about a girl who's really overweight. There's a whole, probably about four series, I think, of her story, being a journalist, getting a boyfriend. It's very lighthearted, but really interesting. And yeah, she's just an amazing character. Really fascinating. I'm really, so if I want something light to escape everything, I just watch that. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Thank you. I'm going to I've not seen either of those, so I might be looking those up over the weekend. Sure. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, once again, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, you have brought so much uh, uh, joy to this podcast today, which I really appreciate. So thank you very much for that. Thanks for having me. It's been, I've really enjoyed it. It's always lovely to talk to you, Viv. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. <laughs> oh, super. All right. Well, I'll catch up with you again soon. Thank you, Brian. Bye-bye. Wow. I hope you really enjoyed that fun interview with Bryony. If you enjoyed this episode and want to make sure that you never miss out, sign up for um, the regular a podcast email that comes out every Wednesday. So you'll get the podcast delivered straight into your inbox. And we'll be really happy to do that for you. Um, and also, if you're struggling with any of the mindset challenges that we talked about today on the show, struggling to find inspiration or acceptance to to move on then please do get in touch I'm here for you my loves it's my absolute pleasure to serve you so if you have anything at all you want to have a chat please just send me an email at vivallen2020 at gmail.com and of course you can always find me on Instagram Facebook and LinkedIn Viv Allen Coaching Until next time, do more of what you love with who you love every single day. Thanks for listening. If you have enjoyed today's show, I would love it if you'd head over to iTunes and leave me a review. And to show my appreciation, each month I will be randomly selecting one reviewer to win a free coaching call. Simply leave your review for a chance to win. How good is that? 